good morning again. You know, I realized uh, I didn't introduce myself, I don't think, the last time around. My name's Andy. I'm a privilege to be the pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church, and so glad that you're here as we kick off uh, this brand new series uh, that we're calling Red Carpet. Uh, don't worry, you don't have to dress up. I know some of you saw me with a tie, and you're like, who died? And, <laughs> and uh, uh, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to get all decked out for this Red Carpet Easter. In fact, just the opposite. I, I hope that over the course of the next few weeks, one of us will, will grasp, truly grasp how God in the person of Jesus has rolled out the red carpet to us, regardless uh, of, of how we might look on the outside, uh, how dirty we might feel on the inside even, uh, what our past is, uh, what kind of problems uh, we have in our lives. God rolls out the red carpet to each of us as his extravagant welcome. You know, when someone rolls out the red carpet, uh, either literally or, or metaphorically, uh, you know it's for somebody really special, right? Uh, you roll out the red carpet when you want to make a good impression on, on someone of great importance to you. Uh, you might roll out the red carpet for your anniversary uh, or when your in-laws are coming over for the very first time that you are hosting the Thanksgiving dinner at your house. Uh, you might roll out the red carpet if you're, you're hosting a, a birthday party for your grandchild or, or if you're throwing a surprise party for your best friend's 40th birthday. Uh, in such cases, you, you, you might find yourself uh, wanting to, to morph into uh, a Martha Stewart of sorts and make everything just perfect so that those that you are welcoming feel your love and understand just how important they are to you. Yeah, I remember the, the very first date that I ever went on with my now wife, Amy Jo. Uh, up until that point in my life, I had only really dated uh, high school or college girls, and Amy Jo was a working woman. Uh, I was uh, taking a step up in this world, and, and it was, uh, I was surprised that she even said yes uh, because of that uh, to going on a date with her. But by the sheer grace of God, she did, and I wanted it to be just right, so I did something that I like, really had never done up to that point. I cleaned out my car. <laughs> and, and that was my way. Of, of rolling out the red carpet for her because and to let her know how important she was to me. In fact, funny story, later um, she told me that she wasn't 100% sure that, that it was a date that I was asking her out on or if we were just going to kind of hang out as, as friends. And, and, but when she heard and that I cleaned out my car, she knew. She knew that it was a date. And anyway, this whole series where we are are doing our best to roll out the red carpet. It, it's, it's our way of bringing up the Christian practice of hospitality. And when we think of rolling out the red carpet or providing hospitality, typically uh, we think of doing so for our friends or our family, those who we already know who are uh, really important to us. Rarely do we ever think about rolling out the red carpet for those we don't know, for, for the stranger. The, the hospitality industry, you know, hotels and restaurants, uh, they exist for, for the strangers, don't they? they that, that's where they go as long as they have the money to pay for the, those hospitality services. Uh, Dr. Christine Pohl, who is a, a seminary professor of mine, uh, wrote a book called Making Room, Recovering Hospitality as a Christian Tradition. And she describes strangers in her book as as those who are disconnected from 
uh, from the basic relationships that give persons a secure place in the world. They're disconnected. The, the most vulnerable strangers are detached from, from family, from uh, a community, from a church, from uh, uh, co-workers. They don't feel like they truly belong. And this condition is most uh, evident in situations of, of homelessness or even if you think of refugees who are, who are away from their home and trying to make a way in a different part of the world. But, but all people experience detachment and, and feelings of exclusion uh, to lesser degrees at other times in their lives. Uh, maybe even some of you. Uh, right now are feeling a, a little bit disconnected. You're, you're not sure if this is your place, a place where you can belong, whether it's you're, you're here for the very first time, which by the way, welcome, uh, or maybe you've been here a long time and still feel a little bit on the outside. Now, hospitality is offering the very welcome of God to strangers those who are disconnected, those who are detached, without a home. And yet we tend to think of hospitality as the coffee and, and the Dunkin' Donuts that you get when we come together and worship here every week. Uh, we might think of hospitality as, as a really nice extra if we have the time or if we have the resources. We rarely view hospitality as a, an essential practice of being a follower of Jesus. Well, hopefully in the next few weeks during this message series, uh, we'll begin to uh, understand hospitality uh, as not only a central, having a central place in the Christian faith, but a central play, place for practice in our very own lives. Uh, as important as Bible study or financial giving, maybe even as important as, as prayer. And one of the places in Scripture we can see the central importance of hospitality is in the last chapter of the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is in the New Testament, but it's, a, it's actually a letter written to a community of, of Christ followers whose past had been Jewish. They, they, were, they were Jews who uh, had become followers of Jesus at, at some point in their recent past. And, and in doing so, they had really become strangers to their previous way of life, to their previous community. And the book of Hebrews was written to this, this fledgling Christian community who were really suffering persecution because of their radical change in worship. And, and so they, uh, they, they were feeling so persecuted and their suffering was so great that, that they were considering abandoning their newfound faith in Christ and to go back to their former way of life. And so the book of Hebrews really was an encouragement to them to, to stay the course, to stand strong, and to not abandon their trust in Jesus. And, and we read this in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. The encouragement was to keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Now, now each of these verses is a way of showing hospitality. Um, and, and yet, uh, I, I want to really hone in on, on verse 2 in this passage. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Uh, the key word in this passage is, is a Greek word. Uh, this was originally written in Greek. Uh, it's the Greek word phylloxenia, uh, which is translated here to show hospitality to strangers. Uh, other translations render it uh, entertaining strangers. But the word phylloxenia is really a combination of, of two other Greek words, words that you may be more familiar with. Uh, philio, uh, which is a, a, a Greek word for love. It's usually used in, in kind of uh, describing a friendship, companion kind of a love, philio. Um, and xenos, which uh, means stranger or foreigner. From, from this root word, we, we get the word uh, xenophobia, uh, which is uh, the fear of people who are different from you. So phylloxenia uh, literally means love of people who are different from you or the love of a stranger. But its particular meaning in ancient literature um, meant um, to bring those who are different from you or who are strangers into your home as a guest. And according to this passage about Christian hospitality, we are told to do so because we may actually be entertaining angels without even knowing it. Now this verse really is, is kind of an illusion. It's pointing back to our scripture for today that Julie read just a few moments ago. Uh, it's a story uh, from the Old Testament that happened 4,000 or so years ago, 2,000 years before the, the letter to the Hebrews was originally written. And it's found in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. But before we, we dive into that passage, uh, I, I really want to kind of convey the importance, the, the high value of hospitality in ancient times, uh, particularly to travelers. And, and here's, here's why there was such a high value. You know, when, when you and I travel, and does anybody here like to travel? Um, okay, good. Uh, some of you are homebodies, I know. Uh, but, but for the rest of us, we like to travel. And when we do, uh, typically we're, when we're, stay, we're, we're going overnight someplace at a destination, we, we enjoy staying at a hotel. Uh, or, or maybe if you're like my family and the weather is nice, I mean, the weather is looking good now, we, we like to stay at a campground uh, at, at times. Uh, other times we'll, we'll go to a, a place where we know somebody, another city, another uh, community where we have friends or family, and so we'll stay with them. Uh, but travel was, was very difficult um, in ancient times and very, very dangerous. And, and the opportunity to stay at a hotel or a campground or with friends or family who live in a different community was, was nearly impossible. Um, and because there weren't many travelers, because it was so dangerous, there really wasn't a market for the hospitality industry. You, you couldn't have hotels. There weren't enough travelers to make it possible. Now, not only that, but, but people didn't move around their lives the, uh, then the way they do now. Uh, now, uh, you know, you can have people you know, your family is just spread out throughout the entire nation, in some cases around the entire world. Not the case back then. Um, and, and so if you or I go to another city, chances are we know somebody. That, that just wasn't the case in ancient times. Now, all this to say travel in ancient times well, would have been impossible unless a traveler could depend on, on someone opening up their home and providing lodging and a meal. In ancient times, opening your home to strangers was commonplace because hospitality was a very high value, and yet, yet it still held many of the same risks that it does today. So on to our story in Genesis, Genesis chapter 18. God had been reaching out to this 
this man named Abram, who uh, later had been renamed Abraham. Um, and, and Abraham was the one that God sought out to make a covenant with, to bless, to become a great nation, to have many descendants uh, who would become the people of God, blessed by God to be a blessing to the rest of the world. But up to this point, that promise of descendants had, had just hadn't happened. In fact, Abraham was approaching 100 years of age, and his wife Sarah uh, was, was in her 80s at least, and, and barren. And so uh, up to that point, the promise had been unfulfilled. And then we see this in verse 1 of chapter 18. The Lord, God, appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. Now, as readers, we're, we're up uh, that the rest of the story that follows is we're told that God, Yahweh, God himself, will be visiting Abraham. But Abraham doesn't know it. Abraham doesn't know it yet at this point that that, uh, that it's God who's showing up at his doorstep. But the story continues. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day. And he looked up and he noticed three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them and he welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get these three large measures of your best flour kneaded into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men. And as they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Now, a few things about this story that really stand out. First, we know from the context that God, it's God who is one of these three visitors. The other two are, are angels, but, but again, Abraham doesn't yet know that. Uh, we also know that despite the fact that hospitality was a high value in ancient times, it wasn't a guarantee. And we know this because immediately in the chapter following this, we see that the two angels who are a part of this this. Uh, uh, party of three, uh, they continue on to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and, and that community did not offer these men hospitality and protection uh, from, uh, as strangers. In fact, they did just the opposite. They sought to exploit these men. Uh, they, they sought to sexually exploit them, to be more explicit. Uh, that's not good hospitality, in case you're wondering. Uh, but, but Abraham actually went above and beyond when it came to being hospitable to these strangers. He, 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 he rolled out the red carpet. And, and we see this first because when they approached, it was the hottest part of the day, uh, if you caught that. Uh, when it was, it was typical to have a siesta, to take a rest. Uh, Abraham had already put in a full day's worth of work out with the herds and, and was now resting in the hottest part of the day. And that's when the strangers show up. Oftentimes that's what happens, right? Strangers show up when we're exhausted, when it's our time and it's time to rest. Uh, but when Abraham saw them, the scriptures uh, make it very clear, he ran to meet them. And he offered them everything that a good host would offer. He offered them rest and water to wash their feet and he offered them food. And we see that Abraham uh, starts to run around like a crazy man saying, wife, 
bake some bread, servant, here's the best calf, fix the food. And, and so he ran around, ran around, um, and they all quickly prepared it. And, and he went above and beyond as a host, welcoming these strangers. We even see at the end of this passage, he's waiting at a safe distance. Not only is he being the host, he's also waiting on them. And we also know, if we read on, that, that Abraham learns that his guests really are, in fact, the Lord and two of his messengers. And, and we get this implicit connection between, between Abraham's willingness to offer them radical hospitality and the blessing that they then give Abraham as they are departing. That blessing uh, went like this. Uh, a year from now, when they would return, uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, would have a son, the promised son that they had been waiting on for, for decades. In part, in part, this was God's promise, his, the fulfillment of his promise, in part because Abraham welcomed the Lord when he was a stranger. Now, Jesus actually says something very, very similar in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus told of a time, the end of time, when, when he would welcome some into his kingdom and others, he would say, he would turn away. And, and one of the things that he said to those who he welcomed is found in verse 35. Jesus said, I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. By welcoming the stranger, we may entertain angels, maybe even God himself, without even being aware of it. Of course, our call as Christ followers to welcome the stranger comes from a direct result of the fact that we too, we were strangers who were welcomed by God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, in, in those days you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you were strangers to the covenant promises of God. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ, just like the song we sang a few moments ago. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. You are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And this is the foundation of Christian hospitality. We, we were once strangers to God, and now we're not. Jesus paid our ransom on the cross so that despite the fact our sin estranged us from God, that we could still be welcomed into God's family. Through Jesus, God rolled out the red carpet to each one of us. Now, now throughout this series, the next several weeks, we're going to get a variety of applications for offering hospitality because of the extravagant hospitality that God has already shown us. But, but I hope and I pray, I, I think that we can already begin to see how practicing hospitality is, is a central part of, of our faith and also should be a vital practice for followers of Jesus. Whether that's by uh, opening up our homes or sharing a meal with others or, or giving of ourselves to roll out the red carpet, particularly for those who we know uh, aren't going to be able to offer anything back to us, Maybe even when we feel like, like we don't have much to give. And biblical hospitality is about providing a safe place, protecting those who, who could potentially be taken, taken advantage of and, and could include 
uh, uh, many different things. Uh, in the life of our church, I think about uh, those, those of us who are um, in, in a journey group. And some of our journey group leaders or hosts open up their homes so, so that we can seek God together and study his scriptures together in, in community, in somebody's home. And of course, there are all other kinds of applications for us as a church when it comes to welcoming those who we don't know, those who may be different from us, those who maybe in their past have been exploited or abused or felt betrayed or who are particularly vulnerable or those who feel like they're on the outside looking in and yet are sincerely seeking God. You know, so many from our church family do this. And, and last week, I saw this with Fire Up. It was my first experience of Fire Up, which for those of you who don't know is, is like a ministry, it's a conference for high school students, and this church like bent over backwards uh, to welcome uh, high schoolers uh, from all around our region um, and just provide them a safe place to experience the presence of God and to deepen their faith in Christ. And so, so thank you, everybody who participated in that. That was an example of hospitality. Uh, we do so uh, just about, well, every, uh, every couple of months when we offer an on-ramp orientation, where we try to roll out the red carpet with a, a meal and share a meal together with people who are newer to our church. In fact, if you're newer uh, to our church, then uh, uh, our next on-ramp orientation is next week. Uh, right after the 1140 or the 1045 service, so from about noon to 1:30, uh, you can look in your bulletin about a way to RSVP to that. I'd lo love to meet you and share a meal with you then. Uh, I also think about our, our preschool ministry, which we are celebrating and honoring today. And I think about all, all the teachers who and, and uh, the the church that that really go into uh, providing hospitality for to to real little ones and their families. Uh, thank you, uh, teachers, if you're still around in here, for your sacrifice. You are rolling out the red carpet to little ones, and, and we are so grateful for your willingness to do that. Uh, we also have a great opportunity coming up with uh, later this month with our Game of Games invite event, uh, which will take place Saturday, March 24th. Uh, this is this is a game of games. It's just like we'll play silly games as teams, some, some a little physical, some totally not. Uh, but it's just a time to have fun and to laugh together. Uh, but it's, it's specifically designed for you to invite some friends who, who aren't a part of, uh, of the church here and so that we can connect with them and just have uh, fun together and help people feel like they have some friendships so that they might be open to uh, coming to worship sometime. Um, and, and we don't want to forget Easter. Uh, Easter, we're, we're going to be rolling out the red carpet, so, so take the invite card that you received in your bulletin and, and, and pray about an opportunity just to, to give that to somebody and say, hey, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have you be uh, with us in worship on Easter. You know, there are so many applications, and we'll see them spelled out more and more throughout this series, uh, but there's one application that I want to particularly highlight right now, and it relates to something that we do every time we gather and worship, just about every single week. In fact, some of you may have wondered if we forgot to do it today. Uh, during our time of worship, we almost always offer a short time for a welcoming and greeting one another. Uh, and I'm curious what you might think that's all about. Is it just a time filler? Is it just a nice transition between songs? Maybe, it's, maybe we, just, we, we love to share our joy and our germs with each other. Maybe that's what you think it's about. Uh, I don't know. No, it's not about those things. It's actually a 2,000-year-old practice that's a part of the, the ancient Christian uh, liturgy called a passing the peace. Maybe you've heard this before, passing the peace. Uh, often uh, we'll say, hey, turn to somebody uh, you don't know and introduce yourself to them, welcome them. 
Uh, please don't miss how important this is and how it's really a part of our worship. You know, what, what you're doing, essentially, when you turn and you greet somebody, particularly somebody you don't know, you're, you're saying, in effect, I, I was a stranger, but, but God welcomed me in. And now as I'm worshiping God, I don't want to sit next to other strangers. I, I, I want to I I, I change you from being a stranger to being a guest, into a potential friend. That's what hospitality is. And from here on out, I want you to grasp how, how important it is and the importance of what you're doing when you greet one another, when, when you're shaking somebody else's hand and welcoming one another. You are experiencing the presence of God, maybe without even knowing it. Now, now maybe some of you are here today and you feel a little bit like an outsider. Maybe a little bit like a stranger, someone who, for whatever reason, doesn't really belong. Uh, maybe you feel like you're on the outside looking in. Well, first and foremost, um, I, I hope and pray that you know that, that Jesus, he, he died for you, uh, as he did for all of us, in order to welcome us into his family. That, that, that's how important you are to him. He rolled out the red carpet and literally uh, gave his life so that you would feel a part of his family. And, and there are numerous people around this church family that get that, that get how important that is and, and turn around and, and, and offer themselves to, to welcome you. Uh, there are so many people who are a part of this church family who were once strangers but, but now feel as taken them in, and they found community as a, and meaning as a part of this church, a community where they were once strangers, but these people took them in, and they found a family to belong to. That, that's the kind of thing that we can offer to one another. That's what we as a people of God can offer the strangers all around us. It's what God ultimately has offered to us. And so, uh, let's not pass on that opportunity to welcome one another. In fact, let's take a moment right now, even just to, to greet one another. Would you, would you even stand now and, and greet some of the people around you? Yes, the people you know, but definitely people who you haven't met. Just introduce yourself. Take a few moments to, to do that. I tell you, eight, eight o'clock worship was maybe, maybe a, at, at best, like, no, you can say standing, uh, maybe at best, like 25% of the size of this group, and they made a lot more noise. Like, they just did not want to stop talking. Uh, but, but thank you. Uh, you've given me a window to offer a prayer and, and invite the, the band to come back up. Let's, let's pray and, and close with uh, one more song of worship. Uh, God, you, you welcomed us, each one of us, when we were strangers to you. We, we were far from you. We were estranged from you. 
and yet in Jesus, you rolled out the red carpet for us. You no longer call us strangers. You call us your children, your family. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that, that out of that relationship with you, that we could welcome each other with the same fervor and sacrifice. That no one would ever feel like a stranger for more than a few moments, but be welcomed into a community where they too can belong. And Lord, give us your grace to roll out the red carpet, not just to each other, but really to our broader region, those who are literally strangers to us. Not, not because we're so great, but because you are. Because you welcomed us when we were strangers. We pray it in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. amen.